0: Well, here in a a minute, we are going to jump back into the letter from James, who here has missed James writing us letters and kind of smacking us around a little bit. Anybody? You just kind of were feeling a little too like, ah, it's just so simple right now. Well, don't worry. James wrote us another letter and... um, he's going to make it really come to reality. Uh, We are going to be opening our Bibles. And so if you need a Bible so that you can read along as we read James, uh, will you raise your hand so that the ushers can get you a Bible and leave it up until they get it to you? uh, Because we're going to be opening that. But before we actually open our Bibles and go to the portion of scripture that we're going to be reading, we're going to Read it as an, have it read to us as an actual letter. And so Karen, will you make your way up here? And uh, what I ask is that you not try to, as she's reading this, don't try to figure out where we are and reading it in your own translation. But the reason we do this is for us to not hear it just as um, something written a long time ago, but for us to hear it as if he was writing it to us today. Because we, you and I as individuals, but also we as a church family and also us as a society, it's all totally applicable. It's not like, well, let's just hear what they were going through at that time. It still applies to us absolutely. And so for us to hear it as if James the apostle is, he's he's writing us this letter and he's saying to City Harvest, I want to encourage you to move beyond where you are. I'm going to point out some things that I think aren't going too hot. I'm going to point out some things in you that, that need to change, but I want to point you back to Jesus. And I want to encourage you to not give up on the faith to continue pushing forward. You got this, you got everything you need to do it. Sorry, you're reading the letter. Go ahead, Karen, take it away. I'm turning my mic off.
1: James's letter to City Harvest. Do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do to live well. Live wisely and live humbly. It's the way to live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth isn't wisdom. Make yourselves count wise, sound wise, excuse me, isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish plotting. Whatever you're trying to do, look better than others or get better of others. Things fall apart and everyone ends up on the, at the other's throat. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings. Not hot one day and cold the next. Not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with others, treating each other with dignity and honor. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come from because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and you're willing to kill to get it. You want what you isn't yours and you risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You're spoiled children, each wanting your own way. You're cheating on God, of all you want is your own way, flirting with the world with every chance you get. You end up enemies of God and his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has, it says that he's a, a fiercely jealous lover, and what he gives in love is far better than anything you could find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing and humble. So that, let God work in his will in you. Yell aloud, no to the devil, and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there and no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and, every, and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet.
0: Thank you, Karen. Just so you know, they're clapping for you because I'm certain none of us were clapping for that letter. <laughs> you know, when we read the Bible and we read these scriptures uh, and we, we see it as just as a time from far back and, you know, they're the ones that needed that and you and I don't need it, um, it's easy to kind of dismiss it. But the thing is, is we are struggling with the same things. And those things are alive in us. And sometimes we need honesty. Uh, Honesty can sometimes hurt, but just because it stings doesn't mean it's wrong. Sometimes we need someone to come up to us and be open and honest because they love us so much to say, hey, this is what I see going on in your life. This is why I think these things are occurring. James was someone that had the authority And he had the right to to share those thoughts and to to challenge the early church to to grow in their faith and to confront some of these things taking place in them. Uh, Let's look at these two questions to consider as we go through this. Uh, So we're going to be reading James chapter 3 verses 13 through chapter 4 verse 10. Two questions to kind of ask yourself as we read through this is what seeds are you planting, peace or conflict? Uh, Clearly, if you don't know, the proper seed would be peace. But just because that's the proper seed doesn't mean it's always the seed that we plant. Has anyone here ever tried to, uh, you were going to plant new grass and you didn't buy sod, and so you went and purchased a bag of grass seed? and you threw it out there, and some fresh grass grew, but also it seemed like you bought the wrong bag because there was also weeds in it. Anybody ever have that? Um, So, But we wanna be a people that plant a good seed, and we plant peace. The other one is whose kingdom are we building? Our own or his? And that really comes down to the choices we make. Every day, the choices, every choice we make, it can point in two directions. It's either for our own benefit or it's for God. But there's always a gravitational pull in you and I that goes to our own kingdom and to our own way. So we're going to start here in, so James chapter 3. If you're new to the Bible, you can look at the very beginning and it's going to, you look, for James, it's going to be towards the end of the list of the books that are in the Bible. Um, it's almost to the end. And we're going to look at chapter three, verses 13 is where we're going to start. It says, so if you are wise and understands God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. So this wise here isn't just talking about intellect. Who here, you got, just we're just gonna be honest. Who here, you went through school and you didn't really have to study and you just naturally got good grades? Raise your hand so we can all shoot daggers at you. (laughs) Who here, no matter how much you read the book, it just seemed like you could read it a thousand times and it just never clicked. Are you with me? Come on. Yes. Well, hey, the body of Christ is beautiful. So we need both groups. Okay. But this isn't just talking about being wise wisdom from a point of intellect and what we are able to get into our minds. It's also looking at our it's talking about wise behavior. It's talking about the way we conduct our life. Is there wisdom in it? Is there wisdom in our actions? Is there wisdom in our speech? Is there wisdom in our approach? Verse 14, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. So here, again, you're seeing it's about behavior. Because it's not just talking about the jealous intellect or the selfish intellect. It's talking about the conduct of life. It's talking about the behavior. So saying that those two things, that's not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Another encouraging word. So these things are the opposite of the wisdom of God. They're the opposite of Jesus. Jesus came in meekness, and that's what we're called to operate in. And these, when we operate out of selfish ambition and bitter jealousy, and those sound so kind of mean, but I gotta be honest, I've operated in bitter jealousy. I'd rather not add the word bitter in front of it And just call it, I've kind of been jealous-ish, you know, and kind of try to soften it down. But the root of it is bitter jealousy. I've looked at what somebody else had and I've wanted it. And then for the rest of the day, or maybe for even a longer period of time, my focus is on how can I obtain that? Either how can I get it from them? How How can I have it instead of looking at what has God given me? Can also have selfish ambition. Where I have ambition for something to take place, and it can see grand, and I, you know, I could even throw on it. Well, if I can achieve this status and say, start making this money, you know, it's all gonna be for the kingdom of God. But it's really, it's really for me. And I'm kind of like, Lord, if you do this for me, I'll also throw you a couple things. Versus ambition of Lord, what are you calling me to? Who do you want me to become? How do you want me to live my life? What do you want me to do with the gifts you've given me? Verse 16: "Forever there is for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition. There you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So we could see this on a big scale, let's say within a country. We could see it on a a scale of, let's say, a corporation. We could see it on a scale of, um, uh, you know, even a city or different things that take place like that. But, you know, you and I have disorder in our own lives. And if we slow down to actually look at the disorder, the chaos that can come into our life, where things are reckless and where they're unstable, that is usually the fruit of either bitter jealousy or selfish ambition. And that's why, because it, it can only it can't produce something good. It produces it produces chaos. It produces disorder. Even though we 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 thought we had it figured out how it would work, it still produces that disorder. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. This, is, this part gets better. Anybody ready for a better part? Ready to be uplifted here? Okay, here's the hope. But the wisdom from above. So we're, what we've been talking about is what happens when we rely on ourselves? What happens when we do it our way? What happens when we're just trying to please ourselves? What happens when we're living for ourselves? But here, but the wisdom from above is first of all Pure. Pure. You ever had like a real, have you ever been like out in the mountains and you, you had like fresh, cool water and it's just, there was like a purity in it. Who knows what animal is going to the bathroom upstream, but right there at that spot, it just tastes so fresh and it's so refreshing. There's a purity in it. It is also peace loving. Gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. You know, I've had times where I felt fairly pure. And I've had times where I assumed that I was coming across in a peace loving way. And times where I have, I don't know if I've actually been gentle inside, but I've tried to slow down my speech and move real slowly. So I appeared to be gentle but you know where the rubber hits the road for me is this in willing to yield to others it is really hard to fake yielding to others you might be really good at it and I might be the only one that's terrible at it but man that is something I can't just sit there and grit through I mean because that ain't yielding So this wisdom is first of all pure, it is also peace-loving, and it's gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it is always sincere. And don't you love it when people are sincere with you? You can, well, I know we're not supposed to judge others. We're going to get into that in a minute, but we haven't gotten there yet. So let's just judge real quick is, you know, sometimes you can, you receive what someone's saying and it's just, it's missing something. It's missing a sincerity, but there's such power when there's sincerity and something that's full of mercy. You want to be full of mercy you have to first receive the mercy of Christ. That's why every Sunday we want to take time to remember what Christ did for us to first receive what he's done. And we hold on to that. That's the coat we wear. That, that's what we, we have because that is the greatest gift we can give to others is what we've received from Jesus. Jesus. Showing no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace. That's the question. Little hint for you. We'll plant seeds of peace and they're going to reap a harvest of righteousness. That's the legacy that comes is righteousness. So as we plant... so. What, how does that take place? So it's like, okay, well, that's, that's cool. I'm glad you told me what happens when I operate my own strength. Sounds really doom and gloom, and everything's just going to fall apart. And then you say that there's this good side of what sounds really idealistic, and like, well, good luck for whoever thinks they can accomplish that. But you know, we don't accomplish it on our own. It's not you and I saying and a lot of times I do the bad on this side and the good on this side. So I'm going to change it up. Sorry, section three. But it's not us saying, here's what happens when I'm in operating in myself. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to put lipstick on the mirror and I'm going to write, remember to be peace loving. Remember mercy at all times. No favoritism explanation point. And we do that and somehow then we're going to operate with seeds of peace. No, it only comes when we are sincere first with ourselves to know what's going on inside of us. We acknowledge the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We step into that. So we admit what's going on. We acknowledge that that is the source. We allow it to begin to transform us. We yield to it. We surrender to it. Then we can start walking in that peace. Because that peace only comes when you and I slow down. We give a little bit of space. We seek first the kingdom of God. We submit the dream. We submit the plan. We say, Lord, not my kingdom, your kingdom come. God, not this is what I really want. This is what I'm hoping for. This is why I would really like it. But Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, show me what you want me to do. Then we don't walk in that chaos. We don't walk in that disorder. We don't walk in that unsettledness. We walk in a place of peace. Then when we see what other people have, we're not trying to get it. And right now, there is so much in life because we can see it all on our phones Uh, uh, you know, for years, we talked about the whole Instagram issue. You know, it's so easy to pop up, you know, a couple weeks ago before Aiden was getting married, our oldest son just got married a couple weeks ago. And before that he started to get sentimental. Anybody ever get sentimental right before change is coming in your life or change happens. And so he starts looking through pictures And um, what's interesting is he and I are part of a group, and he, in that group of men, he had shared some things about his relationship with me. And I'm not going to tell you what was said. I'm just going to tell you I didn't score all that high, okay? Um, But... He's now looking at these pictures and he's just scrolling through and he is just loving life and he comes to tomorrow and I, and he's just like, I had the best childhood in the world. I'm like, you could have said that in the men's meeting and, but instead, but it's because he's seeing these pictures, but the pictures capture a moment of time. They don't capture everything that took place. You know, sometimes I look back at pictures and we all look so happy and there was downright fighting going on for like six hours leading up to that photo. So we can look at things and we think, man, everybody else's life is going so well. It's so great. Why is mine not? And what do I need then to get it? Seems like they go on vacations all the time. Seems like they're always able to upgrade whatever they have. Seems like their kids are always involved in everything. And, and so I just need to, I, I guess I need to try it. It leads to chaos. It leads to disorder. And it doesn't mean that the desire for those things is wrong. And it doesn't mean even doing them is wrong. But they are wrong if they're not grounded in Jesus. They are wrong if they're not surrendered first and saying, Lord, I want to walk in your peace. So then people come and they're like, my life is chaotic, it's in disorder. You ask them questions and it's like, yes, it sure is. But the desire, the, 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 the dreams and the wants, it's not like that is so evil. But the problem comes because we don't slow down and we don't trust God. We don't slow down in patience and wait for his yes. We don't slow down and figure out, is this his timing? Is this when he wants it to happen? Verse one of chapter four, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? Anybody ask yourself that lately? Do they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it a bit strong, but yes, you are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And this is a slap across our faces. But it is to wake us up. It is to say, what is it that we're doing with our lives? When we leave here and we go about tomorrow and we go about this week and we start making decisions, we start scheduling our our week out, we start prioritizing our time. When we start deciding what we're going to do tonight, because this has been a lot hard last couple days, so I'm going to, I deserve a break tonight. And because I take a break tonight, I can't get up with Jesus tomorrow morning. So I get up and I rush. I don't even take a shower because ain't nobody got time for that. And I'm going to just put on my clothes and I'm going to go about my day. And I start running, running the race. And so now I'm already kind of behind. So I'm just making decisions a lot quicker. Anybody ever do that like me? <laughs> what do you say? Oh, well come hang out with me and I'll show you how to do it it's, it's, it's actually very simple but there is something where we have to be honest with what happens when we don't slow down and when we don't submit our decisions our ideas to God and we make decisions in our own strength because it feels right We make them because we feel like we deserve it. We make them because we want it, whatever it is. But it doesn't produce the fruit we're looking for. Because the reason we want it is because we think we'll be satisfied with it. Forget where we are. Verse 4, is that where we are? Thank you. Maybe that's because you didn't want me to read verse three again. <laughs> don't worry, verse four is really friendly. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? Now, I just want to clarify something. When we're talking about being a friend of the world, it's talking about being a friend of, Of culture, it's not talking about go hate your neighbor because they don't have a Christian, you know, a cross on the front of their house. Okay, we're not talking about pushing aside that. Jesus called us to be light. He told us to go into dark places and let his light shine. He called us to go to the broken, to the hurting, to the rejected, to the disenfranchised and represent him and be his hands and feet. So this friend isn't talking about, do we go and in love on others? No, we're supposed to do that. But it's, do I take on culture, which is even in us? So it's not just talking about culture as that's all them And somehow we're all kingdom, but do I take on culture instead of the kingdom of God? If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. He's so passionate about that, that we would be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. So again, there's hope. He gives gives that grace generously as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So here we go. Mark, if you'll head on up here. So humble yourselves before God. Step one, humble. We got to humble ourselves. Step two, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Step three, come close to God and God will come close to you. Step four, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Man, I think of sometimes if I ever had like a meeting with someone and I talked like this, <clears throat> maybe this is why I didn't get good scores with Aiden. <laughs> Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Our Loyalty is divided between kingdom and culture. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Okay. That is tough. And, you know, a lot of times I don't want to go to a service if I was in your seat, instead of standing in my shoes, would be like, geez, this was the wrong one. I came to be lifted up. My week was already hard enough. What I want us to lift ourselves up with is that Jesus already finished the work. That we would lift ourselves up with that he already paid the penalty. That we would lift ourselves up with that if we would choose to slow down Submit things to God before we make decisions. Lean not on our own understandings, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him. If we would slow down. To be honest, say, God, this is this is what I I'm really excited for. And this is what I really wanted to do. But Lord, I want to wait on you. Is this what you have for me? things would shift and the fruit would be different. We begin planting seeds of peace. We would walk around and people would actually want us near them because there's a peace that flows out of us. There's something that's taking place, not because our lives are perfect. We're still broken, but we're operating in God's peace. And we'd be building his kingdom. It wouldn't be about what we can gain. So if you're able, will you stand? What I'm excited for is that one, I believe this letter from James applies to you and I. I'm also excited that I believe that as we are honest and sincere with ourselves, honest and sincere with what God's done, if you were here at the, the beginning, I always want to encourage you to come on time. Not so that you can be here on time just so it looks like you're here on time, because that makes me feel better. But to come on time because we prepare our hearts. To come on time because we set atmosphere. To come on time because we, we submit, we, we begin by saying, Lord, this service, this gathering is for you. But I'm excited because I believe that as we do what this letter is saying, and as we, we don't read it as he's beating us up, but we read it as he's giving us a warning sign. We read it as he's giving us a, 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 a sound of caution, of be careful. You do this, this is what you reap. You do this, this is what you reap. And it causes us to slow down a bit and allow Christ to transform us and allow us to be submitted.